Take your Bibles, please. Turn, turn over to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. When you found that chapter, we'll begin reading in verse 13. Would you stand for the, to honor the Word of God and, and to get a stretch and, and uh, get ready for the service? In the previous verses, uh, of this chapter, John the Baptist has has been before Herod and has lost his life because of Herod's wife. Uh, and verse 12 says, And his disciples came, John the Baptist's disciples, came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus, I'd like, our text starts right here. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. They say to him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit on the grass, took the five loaves, the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake his disciples and the disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and were filled they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full and they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children let's pray Father, I ask you now to take charge of this service, take charge of each part and everything that will be said and done here today. Help us, Lord, to just yield ourselves to you. And Lord, would you, would you please have your way with us? I pray for the Holy Spirit to just direct and let the words and the verses Rest on us as he directs. And Lord, would you stir our hearts and move us toward your word and your will as we remain here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. This is probably the greatest miracle recorded in the, in the King James Bible. 
Uh, the only miracle that Jesus, uh, that uh, John recorded of Jesus, that is recorded in all the other Gospels. And, uh, and a very uh, unique, uh, I mean, there's several parts of this. I'm taking my time because I'm starting a series on this. So y'all don't worry about it. We're not going to get through with it this morning. There's several different factions to this miracle. One is, why did he go there? Why did he go to the... Why did he go over to the... Uh, to the desert place? There's a lot of reasons for that. Well, his disciples had been preaching... Just got back and gave him a report. If you read the, you read all of the accounts. They didn't even have time to eat. The people now the fame of Jesus had got, had got out and, and uh, the people swarmed. You see it in this passage. So it may have been that he wanted to give them a break. Take them over to the desert place, have a picnic in the desert, and just relax a little while. That may have been. He's under the he's under the jurisdiction of Herod where he is, Herod the Tetrarch. Herod is a bloodthirsty man. He's the Herod that killed the babies when Jesus was born. He's the Herod who has taken the head of John the Baptist for his wife. Some people say she was the, she was the ruler and he was just a puppet for her. She was a wicked woman. When he moved across the sea, he's out of the jurisdiction of Herod the Tetrarch. Maybe that's why. I don't know exactly why he moved. I kind of like this uh, explanation. Over in, over in the psalm, uh, there's a verse that says, in, ver- in Psalm 78, verse uh, 18 and 19, he's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God, and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? He said that they're going to a desert place. The disciples are disturbed because He has spoken all day long and now the day's going away and it's a desert place. It's a barren place. It may be, this is my explanation, it may be, may very well be that Jesus went to the desert place and fed 20,000 people with food for one person 
to prove that verse to the Jews that he could set a table in the, in the wilderness for his people. To stop the murmur and to show his godliness to these people. Maybe. Uh, and I'm not sure which is the c- correct answer. Probably all of them have something to do with it. But I wanted, I wanted to break this up to, for you. Look, at the, look down through these scriptures. Jesus went forth, saw the great multitude, verse 14, and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Could I say, the pattern for the feeding is this. First of all, 13 and 14 give a picture of our age. I mean, the people are in confusion. I'm going to preach on that in just a minute. They're looking for something they can't attain. And Jesus is there. Isn't that what we... Did you listen to the news yesterday? I'm, I, Susie turned the news on last night as we were uh, heading for the bed, and the first episode was another shooting on the side of the road for no reason, no apparent reason. Suddenly, there's two people dead, and 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 why? What's the cause of, I mean, there's problems over there and over there and over there and there's rumors over here and over here and over here and, and we cannot explain what's going on in our country today. It seems like people that ought to rule in righteousness are ruling in, in, uh, in the exact opposite of that. Seems like a society that says that that it is a nation, one nation under God, has become a nation under the devil, and everything's upside down. If you read this passage, in that verse he said, he was moved with compassion on them. Compassion always is a representation of the mercy and grace of God. It's a result of that. But when he was moved with compassion, it was the mercy and grace in his own heart that made him want to take hold of them and bring them to the place of healing and direction and peace where he stood. That's where they were. That's where we are. I guess you notice several empty chairs around here. Somebody said, we got a comfortable crowd. There's room to lay down about anywhere here. We can be comfortable. But the real need of this hour is completely missed. I mean, the real need for the shooters and the shootings and the drunkenness and the immorality is here with us this morning. 
He's in the midst. And the strange thing is, he has compassion on every one of us. Brother Brother John introduced again this morning. John talked about that whole heart service of the Lord. I doubt if we could get one hand. I'm not asking for hands. But I doubt if we could get one hand that would say, I have served him with a whole heart all this week since last Sunday, Brother Wayne. I hadn't had one distraction. I hadn't slowed down one day. I haven't quit looking up and praying. I've, I've lived with a pure heart all week. No, we couldn't say that. None of us could say that. We have a sin nature that bothers us. And so, but, but he is moved with compassion. And the Bible says over in Psalm 78 that if we eat today, we'll have to go to this verse. No, no, that's not the verse. Psalm 136. 136 said, God feeds, God gives food to all flesh. So if we, if we have, if we have that today, we can say, thank you, Lord. If we're going to eat today, I guess we're going to eat. It feels like we're going to eat here in a little bit. But if we eat, we'll have to say thank you, Lord. He's the one that provides for us. And he can provide for the multitude just as easy as he can provide for one. He's going to show you that in this passage. So, so, uh, The picture of the age. Then beginning in verse 15, there's the the problems of the disciples. You know, it'd be wonderful if we could have another shouted out today. Have a real blowout service. And we could, except for one thing. There's the problem of the disciples. Don't you, seem, don't you think the same God of yesterday is the same God today? Don't you think the same God who supplied blessings for yesterday could do it again today? The question is, how has the heart of the disciples? The disciples here said, send them home. Send them off. We can't feed them. But Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And he said, we can feed them. He knew, there's a verse over there, and John said, he knew what he was going to do. And so then down in, beginning about 16... 
There's the picture of our age. There's the problem of disciples. And then there's the program of God. That's the way I divide this passage up. And uh, I, I know I can't preach all of that to you this morning. So I figured I'd just talk about the picture of our age this morning with you. Not just a headline off the news, but the, but the headlines off the Bible. What the Bible says about this day. So, uh, would you look down? Verse 13 says, He departed thence by ship, you ought to mark this, into a desert place apart. It's as far away from anywhere as you can get. There's no path to approach it easily. That's where he was at. And the people, and when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. I've got that marked in my Bible. Was moved with, hey, we only love him because he first loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. And when we did not love him, he loved us. And we read it off the page of the book and remember it as 2,000 years ago, he was moved with compassion. But I want to say that day is the same day as today in the economy of God. He's always I am. He's always present tense. There's no yesterday, no tomorrow. With God, it's always present tense. So if he was moved with compassion 2,000 years ago for folks that took no heed of him, could I say he's moved with compassion right here, right now, for folks who still don't take heed of him? Amen, Brother Wayne, that's truth. That's Bible truth. He's not a good old boy. He's not looking for, for somebody to be friends with him. He is the Savior of the whole world. He has the only answer for the desert place apart. There's no, there's no first responders out there. It's a place you go by yourself. And only he can help when you get to that place. Over there in John chapter 15, the, when the prodigal went there, they called it the far country. There was no help in the far country. The, the, the psalmist said, I looked on my left hand and turned and looked. And there was no man that cared for my soul. I don't care if he's Republican or Democrat, he doesn't care for your soul. I don't care how great he is in the eyes of political strategy, he doesn't care for your soul. The only person that ever cared for your soul is Jesus. Jesus. 
And if he ever did care, it's present tense, he still cares. And he cares as much today as he ever did. And there is nothing you can do to keep him from loving you with an everlasting love. You ought to get that down. Next time you flop and fail, you ought to get it down. Jesus still loves me. And he still cares. I may have broken his heart, but he still reaches to me. That's a wonderful consolation. And it's, and it's the real truth of who he is. He talked about agape love last week. Agape love is love that loves without any expectation of response. You know, we love, you know, she said, I'm not fixing you any supper. And you said, I don't care. But you care. You really care. You want a relationship where someone helps you and you help them. If they help you, you'll help them. But buddy, when it gets stony cold and there's and and the and the division is made, you can't help yourself. You've got to have help from them, right? If there's a relationship, y'all y'all understand this. Some of y'all been some of y'all been married a few years. You understand this by now. We look for acceptance so we can give our love. That's not Jesus. That's not agape love. Godly love does not look for love. Godly love gives love and then we give love back only because he first loved us. I don't know how I got back on that. We had that last week. So I said it's a picture of our age. And you said, why do you say that? Well, look at it. I've got three things about this verse 14. First of all, they are in need. There's a people in need. The disciples are going to say, it's a desert place and the time is far spent. Send the multitude away because they've got to have something to eat. They're in need. And if you look at it, the people heard, they followed and came out of the cities and, and uh, they were stirring and they were confused. I mean, he was over here, suddenly got in the ship and went over there. And they had to go around by foot. And they, Lord, you were healing people over here. That's where the action was. Why did you leave over here to go over there? They're confused. Somebody's got the idea that I can get help off of hemp vana or some other something, some magic act out of the. Uh, marijuana plants or 
Susie and I know a family that's out of church today because of that. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people that have been in church, raised their kids in church. They live in Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been overwhelmed with that, that marijuana medicine. And so she got to come into her Sunday school class a little bit high on marijuana. Be sure you sin or find you out. And now they're out of church. Our heart is broken. I've called them and communed with them a little bit. But, but it could happen to you or me. We're, we're needy people. We struggle. You, some, somebody needs to get back with God this morning, but yourself is keeping you from doing that, right? Your pride, your selfish lust, something. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. The great need of the people. He was moved with compassion. Why? He saw their need. And we're talking about these days we live in. You know, AIDS has been around a while now. It's not a big front page paper, but they still don't have a cure for AIDS. They can push it back, but they can't fix it. If you get AIDS, you're going to have AIDS the rest of your life. People die with AIDS. And if you have it long enough, you'll die with it. That's just facts. COVID-19 hit us. And everybody thought it was fixed, and now it's back again. Needy people. Needing help that we... Hey, I know churches. I, I can take you to churches that I know. Churches like this one. That split. Because some people wanted masks and some people didn't want masks. We're foolish people, aren't we? The church split because of a of a disease in the midst of the There's hundreds of people that were in church and now out of church because they found out they could watch Facebook and play like this in church. The way I read that verse, it says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Hard to assemble in front of a TV set. Hard to assemble when you're scattered everywhere. I heard about the guy that married that lady that had a, she had a wig and a one, one glass eye and a, and a wooden leg and and uh, they was getting ready uh, for their nightly routine. As he brushed his teeth, went and jumped in bed, and she had, he looked over there, and the wig's on the dresser, and the foot wooden legs under the bed, and the and, uh, glass eyes over in a, a jar. In the, he said, honey, I love you, but you're scattered everywhere. 
Some of us are scattered everywhere, aren't we? Sickness. You know, we can talk about all those sicknesses. But Romans in chapter 5, 6, and 7 talks about a sickness that is exceeding sick. A sickness that there is absolutely no cure. A sickness that is, the, you know, we hear the statistics about the COVID. They wore me out with statistics on COVID. Who cares how many sick in Kansas City? I mean, it doesn't do one thing for me to know that. You understand? But the statistics for this disease is worse than any statistic that anybody's come up with yet. You get this disease, one out of one have this disease. Everybody. Romans chapter chapter 3 said that there's none righteous. No, not one. 3.23 said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then over in Ecclesiastes he says that there's not a righteous man. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 that old man who had been a wise man and played the fool with sin said there's not a righteous man on the face of the earth. Solomon said that. Over in Jeremiah chapter 17 he said Jeremiah said the heart of every man is desperately wicked and who can know it? And you know, I don't have to tell you this. You just, you just look at yourself. You're saying you're something. You're saying I'm saved or I'm a Baptist or I'm a deacon or I'm a preacher or I'm a teacher. But you just look at yourself. I don't want to see any hands or you don't have to tell me. I already know. I looked at myself. And that heart is desperately wicked. Were it not for Christ, I would have destroyed myself years ago. Were it not for Christ, I don't believe I'd be alive today. And if you don't get Christ, you're going to destroy yourself. Unless he does something for you that you cannot do for yourself, that sickness of sin will destroy you. He said He said about... By one man, sin into the world, and death by sin. Now death is passed on all men, for that all is sinned. You're going to die. You're going to die with that disease unless Jesus helps you. Over in chapter 7 of Romans, Paul said in verse number 9, I was alive without the law once. What he was saying, what he said was, before I ever under, 
stood the Bible, I was alive in my own mind. But then the law came and gave me a commandment. Let me ask you this. You're saying, you're saying I'm pretty good. I'm as good as you are. I'm as good as you are. I'm as good as old so-and-so is. Did you ever tell a lie? The law says if you tell a lie, it's a sin. You ever steal anything? You ever steal a pack of gum? The law says if you ever steal anything, it's a sin. You ever look with lust on a, on a woman or a man? The law says if you did, you have committed adultery and fornication and it's a sin. And you are eaten up with sin. And the Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's appointed unto men once to die. After death, the judgment. Every one of us will die if we have a spot of sin on us. Some of us will die in our righteousness because Jesus did something for us. But it's not our righteousness, it's His righteousness that paid our fare. There's no cure. Over in, over, over, down in verse number 11 he says, still in 7, For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. 13. Was then that which is good made death to me? God forbid. He says this Bible's not death. It's, a, it's, it's the fella, the road's out. The bridge is out. It's the fella who's standing there waving his flag and arms saying don't go that way. You cannot go that way. This Bible is God's flag for you. Don't stay where you are. Don't live in sin. You're going to die. Your soul is eaten up with the sin nature that you have. It's not the sins, plural, that you've committed. It's the sin nature that is in your heart. Those, those sins are only, only the actions that show the nature of your heart. It's your heart that must be changed. So, the exceeding sinfulness of sin, you know anybody who has sinned enough that their character's destroyed? You young people ought to listen to me. You can play games with God. You can play games with church and be churchy. But if you go off into sin... You're going to destroy yourself. I mean, it'll be drugs or alcohol or, or immorality in your personal lives. You're going to destroy yourself. The only way to God is through the Word of God. And all I want to do today is wave the flag and say, don't go that way. Don't live in sin. 
Don't let sin destroy you. These people were needy people, but they were confused people. They came down here to see another miracle. John's going to say that over in John chapter 6. He, Jesus said uh, to those people, he said, you only come because uh, you wanted to see another miracle. You only, you only want another miracle, not because of the miracle, but you, because you could eat another loaf of bread. You could have a little more bread. And it's, it's a circus act. And that's what we look... Much of what we call religion in America is a circus act. What you need is a real touch from a real God who has real life and real righteousness to change your heart to get you ready to meet Him. He says... Sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. People don't want to hear that. People want to hear, oh, it's not too bad. You can probably get past it. You can probably live without doing anything. No, you need to confess your sin. And then you need to repent of your sin. And then you need to come to the sin bearer and cast every care on him and let him carry your sins to an old rugged cross. And there, be, there be just become sin for you who knew no sin that you might be the righteousness of God in him. That's the only way of salvation. If you don't go there, see, here's what it'll cost you. It'll cost you your you're, you can't be cool and be saved. You'll have to be broken to get saved. You'll have to be convicted of your sin nature. You'll have to understand that outside of Jesus Christ, I cannot please God. And cast yourself on His mercy. The wonderful thing is, when before you get through casting, he's already casting, and you become a child of God before you knew it. In search of a miracle, in great confusion. We just, I preached a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, Luke 15. The sheep is heedlessly lost. Some of you won't hear. I preach it every week. The teacher teaches it every week. You won't hear. You're heedless to the Word of God. The coin is uselessly lost. Somebody wants to come and shake hands and, and, and some, hear somebody say hallelujah, but never go to work for God. Never let Jesus be Lord of my life. And the prodigal was deliberately lost. He said, I'm going to take my goods and I'm going to go to a far country and I'm going to spend my goods in righteous living. Some of you have already got that in your mind. He got there and ran out of goods and ran out of good times. 
And then he had to go to the father's house. He said, I'll just say I'll be a slave to the father. He has no slaves. He makes sons. Thank God for the mercy of God. And then there's that churchy son. He's religiously lost. Brother, Brother Allen got that fixed last week. That religious lost got left down here on the pulp, on the church seat down here at the prayer altar last Sunday morning. If he's saved at all, he's saved. See, he hadn't been baptized yet. We filled this baptistry up this morning. It's full of ice water right now. But he hadn't been baptized yet. He may get baptized tonight if we can keep water in the tank. But that baptism didn't do anything for him. You know what the baptism is? It's just a picture for you. He was a sinner. And he brought himself to Jesus. Jesus took the sinner and he buried it. And then a righteous Savior arose in his heart through the Holy Spirit. That's all that baptism says. I died with him and now I'm living with him. For to me, to live is Christ. To, to die is gain, he said. But I'm living in Jesus now. Huh? You got to give yourself up before you can live in Jesus. That's what he did here last Sunday morning. And we'll, that's what this baptism will preach that message. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, somebody wants to talk about last days and, and the soon coming of Christ. The mark of the last days is confusion. 2 Timothy 2.7 says this, They are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me ask you this, folks. How much time have you spent in church trying to figure out the truth and then you go out and lose it again? That's the day we live in. That's a mark of a sinful people. Lust, when it's conceived, always brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, always brings forth death. That's where we are today. And people are more confused than ever before. I mean, you go down to the Bible bookstore, they're confused about the Bible. They got this Bible, that Bible, that Bible. Anybody here, I'm, I'm not asking you to show me, but I want to show you one verse. Here's how you prove your Bible. Over in, over in Colossians 1.14, there's a verse. I want to read it to you if I can ever find it. Colossians 1.14 in a real Bible says this. 
He has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom, here's the verse, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Now, if you got a New English Bible, American Standard Bible, you got a Bible that's translated off any other text than that received text, they left the blood out of that verse. If your Bible does not have the blood in that verse, you don't have a real Bible. You got a fake Bible, a perverted Bible. And could I say this? If you just bring it, I'll trade you a real Bible for it. You just bring your old perversion, and I'll give you a real Bible. Read Colossians 1.14. Through His blood. If that's not there... You don't have a real Bible. There's plenty of other verses too, but that's the one I know. You ought to check it out. There's a confused about the Bible, confused about the Savior. Here's as simple as I know how to make it. There's just one Savior. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's just one Savior. And He is, He's not, He's not here to let you have a good time. He's an all-saving Savior. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. It's a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. It's not, it's not having great knowledge of the great truths that he gave us. It's not being able to argue the Bible. It's trusting Jesus Christ. That's the only Savior. He's a saving Savior. And he's a forever Savior. Thank God. I've, li- I've lived through that season of being thinking I was lost, wondering if I could be saved, wondering uh, have you ever been there? If If you're struggling with that right now here's the problem. You either are not saved and you need to be saved or you've left the Bible out of your life. You can leave the Bible out of your life and come to Sunday school every week. I mean getting in the Bible and letting God speak to your heart. You need to know that you're saved. And the only way you can know that is off the page of the book. Let him speak to you. He's a forever Savior. I'm he, he said. I'm he that was dead and am alive. Was alive and am alive forevermore. I didn't quote that right, but that's close. That's Revelation 1.18. He's a forever Savior. You don't need another Savior once you get Him. The question is, do you have Him? Confusion about the Bible. Confusion about the Savior. Confusion about the church. Jesus said this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
If you're going to serve God and please Him and know all the blessings of being saved, you're going to have to do it in a local church. You leave the church out, that's the heart of the Savior. He prepared this vessel as the means of giving the gospel to a whole world. We're, we're coming up on mission conference in October. We support a lot of missionaries. We do a lot of things about missions, but missions is the heartbeat of God. Getting folks saved, that's what the work of the church is. It'd be good if we could come in here and feel good and Brother Wayne gets through preaching, but it'd be a lot better if you get a pure gospel laid on you and you have to you either have to say yes or no to the gospel of God. It'd be better for you to have the truth. So you won't just feel good for a little while. I could tell you some jokes, but that's not what you need. You need to get straight on the Bible, the Savior, and the church. Can God set a table in the wilderness? That's what the Jews said. I want to say God can. It doesn't matter what your wilderness is. doesn't matter how dark it is where you are. God can put the table in your wilderness. He'll feed you there. He'll save you there. He'll sustain you there. When you fall into temptation, He'll protect you there. He sets the table in the wilderness. He's going to do it in that next section. Don't miss it. It's going to be exciting. One little lunch feeds 20,000 people. Wow. Let's stand. Are you confused? Are you in need? Are you are you seeking the Lord? It all begins on the page of the book. It begins right here in these altars. It begins at the church, the house of God. Don't miss it. Do what God's telling you to do this morning as we, as we get ready for an invitation. These altars are open, Father. I thank you for these people. I thank you for these young people. I thank you for, Lord, what you do every week as you have compassion and extend your mercy. And, Lord, you haven't given up on us. Some of us try you. Lord, I confess I've tried you. And... Figured you'd give up on me, but you didn't do it. Lord, help these folks to get a hold of it. It's Jesus or nothing. We'll never please you outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't make it to heaven without the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll never live our lives until we do it off the page of the book. 
God, I'd ask to ask you to have your way with us. Help us, Lord, to yield ourselves to you this morning. We might be church members or we may have never been in church. But, Lord, the answer is the same for every one of us. It's Jesus or nothing. Please take charge right now. Please move in our hearts. Stir. Help us to be honest with you this morning. And that song says, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Help us, Lord. We're just the clay. You're the potter. Make of us what you want us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Page 534. Let him have his way with you right now. Would you come? Need to come? Well, come. There's plenty of room to pray. Somebody can take a Bible and show you exactly how to be saved this morning. Won't you come? While God's speaking to your heart. Search me, O God.
John's going to come to dismiss us. We'll be back at 6 o'clock. Going to have baptism tonight if we got water. And if it's cold or hot. And so, uh, y'all pray for Brother Allen. Maybe the heater will work. All right. Our course is a new course, Open Our Eyes. It should be on the screen.